Consider this. Everybody that Jesus healed died. Everybody that Jesus raised from the dead died. But everybody that Jesus saves lives forever. According to the childlike reading of the scriptures, healing is certainly for today. Even raising the dead is for today. And these miracles do happen regularly all over the globe. These are major Christian benefits that are helps and aids unto God's children that support the saints along this mortal journey, and they are great tools for the reconciliation of the lost. However, on the other side, these tools will no longer be needed. Revelations 21, 1 through 4, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. John chapter eleven twenty five and 26, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? They whom Jesus has saved live forever. That is really big, big, beautiful news. Have you been born again, even as Jesus declares in John 3, 3? Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Today, everything can begin brand new for you. If you follow me from your heart in a simple prompt, you will meet Jesus Christ, the King of glory. All your sin and shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. All of the devil's bondages in your life will be vanquished, every single one. Today you will become a new creature with the power and authority to live a victorious life in Christ Jesus, a life filled with God's love and eternal purpose. Joel 3, verse 14 reads, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Now, at this very moment, you are in the valley of decision. Follow me right now, and it all changes. Here we go. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis eighteen six through 8, And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. God said, Leviticus 20, verse 24, But I have said unto you, Ye shall inherit their land, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. 
I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from other people. God said, Proverbs chapter 30, verses 5 and 6. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Man said, Evidently that old archaic Bible soundly endorses full fat milk. I guess the Bible thumpers were unaware of its negative health factors. Plus, everyone knows that after adolescence, nobody actually needs milk. If you do drink milk, be sure it's low-fat kind or better yet skim. You can throw that good book in the trash. Now the record, Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature article 1067, that will for the 1067th time decidedly certify the full supernatural inerrancy of God's holy Bible. All 1067 of these marvelous faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio to serve as a platform from which to convince the gainsayer. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. The beautiful book has been gifted unto us by our Creator. It is our owner's manual for navigating the landmines of this mortal plane. It is the solid, unshakable rock upon which we stand. There is no issue in this life that we will ever face that the Bible does not address. Embrace it, and you will live life and live it more abundantly. All of God's positions in His Holy Word are incontrovertible and beyond reproach, miracles, and all settle it in your mind. Atheism, agnosticism, and the theory of evolution do not exist on the other side. Everyone is a believer after death. The devil believes and trembles. James two nineteen and 20, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Because God's word is supremely true and righteous altogether, uh, excuse me, one cannot neglect it without the ill effects, the curse of doing the wrong thing. The cardinal law of Galatians 6, 7 must be obliged. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Today's media-driven mantra is follow the science. Yet the world science is wrong, deadly wrong, a major portion of the time. The popular science publication Discover dedicated their June 2021 issue to spotting pseudoscience. They had this to say regarding today's science. Most things published in 2020 in science are going to be wrong in about 10 years. And that's not a problem, says Gordon, Princeton University historian. That's how it's supposed to work. That's how it's supposed to work. Follow the science, says Discover Magazine. Discover Magazine also says, I think that it's genuinely one of the most impressive and one of the best features of science, says Mariscal, philosopher of science at the University of Nevada. When it goes wrong, it fixes itself. It can correct itself. End of quote. False knowledge is not science and also not impressive. Is it any surprise where following the science of Discover Magazine leads? 
by their own admission, most of the science on which they report is not true. Impressed? Samuel Aberson, in his book The Half-Life of Facts, with the subhead, Why Everything We Know Has an Expiration Date, points out some disconcerting facts, such as, Another way to avoid the surprise of changes in knowledge is to simply recognize that it's not that surprising. We are getting better at internalizing this. For example, many medical schools inform their students that within several years, half of what they've been taught will be wrong, and the teachers just don't know which half. End of quote. The scientific error factor has proven terribly deadly, as demonstrated in the results of their dogged resistance to God's clear directive regarding diet. Consider the results of following the science regarding the consumption of eggs, salt, butter versus margarine, olive oil versus various life-shortening oils, mother's breast milk versus baby formulas, raw honey versus refined sugars and sugar substitutes, whole wheat flour versus refined white flour, organically grown crops versus genetically modified crops, GMOs, clean versus unclean creatures, and the subject of today's feature, full-fat, even raw milk and dairy products versus low-fat, no-fat, and skim milk and dairy products. The word science simply means knowledge. By that standard, God, of course, is the father of science, actual, true science. The childlike understand that God's science is never wrong, never. God is a very big promoter of whole milk. He thinks it's a great health product. Even the promised land is described by God as a land flowing with milk and honey, Exodus 3, verse 8. In the God said verses in the lead of this feature, the Lord appears unto Abraham in the form of a man, and Abraham sets the table for the Lord and his two companions. On the menu was red meat, whole raw milk, and whole grain cakes. When God puts his imprimatur on anything, wise men and women, boys and girls, get in line. Before we address the newest discoveries from the University of Maryland School of Medicine, the following foundational information from previous God Said, Man Said features will set the table. God Said, Man Said, Shocking Raw Milk God spends much time in the Bible addressing man's dietary needs. The Creator of all knows what our bodies require for vital health. As is carnal man's habit, he will reject these truths. God said, man said, has addressed a host of these dietary issues. Academia still resists many, but has been dragged kicking and screaming in regard to other dietary issues that it has found impossible to dodge. When God's word is rejected, dire results follow. It's simply the result of doing the wrong thing. The largest proof category on this site is titled, God Said, Man Said, The Record, and it demonstrates this reality. God's directive is highlighted, man's rejection is cited, and the consequences are noted. Spend some time pursuing these features, and all reasonable doubt on whether or not the God of the Bible is will be eliminated. Isn't it amazing that every time God makes the directive, man stakes out a position against it? Milk is very highly endorsed by God. Consequently, man has aggressively opposed it. 
man has successfully typecast milk, more directly milk fat, as a health boogeyman. New evidence, which is outlined later, makes it clear that we've been led astray again. Without milk fat, the body cannot assimilate the milk's calcium. Consequently, those drinking skim milk are not getting the calcium they thought they were. Today, a relatively modern epidemic is the one called osteoporosis, which is brittle bone disease. Are you beginning to see linkage between man's choice of skim milk and this dread disease? Dr. Hoda Clark, a famous naturalist and author, weighed in concerning, uh, concerning milk in her 604-page book titled The Cure for All Diseases. She recommends three cups of milk a day with at least 2% butter fat. The doctor said it takes bile to make calcium absorbable, yet milk with less than 2% butter fat does not trigger the, trigger the gallbladder to empty its bile at mealtime. Note that fat in milk is necessary if the calcium is to be absorbed into the body's bones. The doctor says even calcium tablets are no substitute for whole milk. Dr. R.C. Sprong with the Department of Nutrition, Quality and Safety at Niso Food uh, Research in the Netherlands said concerning new research, there was some evidence that milk may protect against bacterial infections, and it's already known that some kinds of fatty acids can kill bacteria. So we wanted to look at the positive effects of milk fats. WebMD went on to explain this matter, and the following excerpt is from that article. Her team isolated the critical components, fatty acids and sphingolipids, from regular cow's milk and tested them on a few of our most menacing bacterial foes, Camelobacter, Salmonella, E. coli, and Listeria. These are the dreaded uh, foodborne bugs that wreak havoc on the gut. They cause most people a few days of miserable diarrhea and vomiting, but they can be deadly for the very young, very old, and those with weakened immune systems. The researchers prepared special petri dishes to mimic the highly acidic environment of the human stomach. Then, to ensure that any findings would reflect the actions of the milk and not just the specially prepared dishes, they did a test run on all the bacteria without the milk. Just about all the bugs survived. Next, they grew the bacterial colonies on the special petri dishes and watched what happened when they added the milk components. Although it worked better on some than others, the overall effect was fairly dramatic. The bugs died. Listeria and Campylobacter were most sensitive to the isolated milk products, while E. coli and Salmonella were less sensitive, says Sprong. Because it contains higher concentrations of the key components, full-fat milk may be more protective than skim milk, says Sprong, but the message is not just to drink more high-fat milk. Dr. Greg Miller of the National Dairy Council said, these researchers were looking at the same isolate levels that you'd get from drinking a glass of whole milk. So he says, given the potential benefits, if you're going to maintain a low-fat diet, you might want to cut the excess from an area other than milk. New research from the Department of Nutrition at the University of Tennessee found that the more milk products, such as yogurt or cheese, people consume, the leaner they are. The research has also found that a regular diet of yogurt, two cups daily, caused blood pressure to drop, end of quotes. 
Is the Bible's heavy endorsement of milk in error? Before pasteurization, there was a medical modality known as the milk cure. In Dr. Ron Schmidt's book, The Untold Story of Milk, he speaks extensively about Dr. Charles Porter, who in 1905 published the book Milk Diet as a remedy for chronic disease. The following excerpts are from Dr. Schmidt's book. In 1905, Charles Sanford Porter, M.D., published Milk Diet as a Remedy for Chronic Disease. The book went through 11 editions, the last published in 1923. At least 18,000 patients have taken the treatment under my direction in the last 37 years, Sanford wrote. A good food is a good remedy, and as disease is only a disturbance of the mechanism of nutrition, it is only natural that the use of milk in ill health should be almost as old as its use as a food in health. Porter reported that most of his practice prior to 1905 was for patients suffering from tuberculosis and that the milk diet was the most successful treatment he knew of for the disease. He reported that the sanitarium of J.E. Crew, M.D., at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, successfully treated tuberculosis by using three to nine quarts daily, taken at half-hour intervals of fresh, raw, warm milk and fruit if the patient is constipated. Bed rest was required along with the diet. While I have not prescribed an exclusive milk diet for extended periods of time, as Porter did, I have found that asthma, allergies, and hay fever have all responded well for patients using liberal quantities of good raw milk and its products. Porter wrote that four-week course of the milk diet followed by a reasonable diet often resulted in complete cure for these problems. I have also found that lactic acid products, soured milk, clabbered milk, kumis, kefir, Soured cheese and yogurt made from fresh raw milk from grass-fed animals are invaluable in the treatment of the sick, including those with various arthritic diseases. All chronic diseases, if not too far advanced and if the patient has not been poisoned by drugs, may respond well to a diet containing liberal amounts of these foods as well as raw butter and cream. Even severe forms of heart and kidney disease may be treated successfully as well as kidney stones and fibroid tumors of the uterus. Diabetics are benefited, and in some instances, the disease is permanently reversed. Soured milk is most effective in diabetes, and this is true also in the treatment of cancer. Cancer patients also improve, though neither Porter nor I claim cures with raw milk alone. End of quote. Dr. Crew, one of the founders of the Mayo Foundation, forerunner of the Mayo Clinic, Dr. Porter and others testified that good raw milk served very well in the treatment of ulcers, blood pressure issues, nervous system problems, cardiovascular and renal conditions, hypertension, fatigue, skin trouble, allergies, ringing in the ears, irritable bowel, migraine, and much more. However, when pasteurization was introduced, the milk cure faded away into oblivion. Medical enthusiasm for milk as a therapeutic agent suffered an abrupt end with the use of pasteurization and its killing of milk enzymes. Dr. Schmidt continued, a wet temperature of about 118 degrees Fahrenheit, the temperature at which substances feel too hot to the touch, kills enzymes, including those in food. 
Dry or oven heat kills enzymes at about 150 degrees Fahrenheit. Thoroughly cooked food contains no enzymes. Pasteurization kills all the enzymes in milk. In fact, the test for successful pasteurization is the complete destruction of the enzyme phosphatase, end of quote. Finally, from the untold story of milk. Crew wrote that four weeks on nothing but raw milk reversed most chronic disease. On the other hand, no one has ever claimed that pasteurized milk heals anything. The milk cure disappeared from the annals of medicine with the advent of widespread pasteurization. Countless physicians, healers, and other individuals who have studied the matter carefully have testified to the power of enzyme-rich foods as healing agents. We have considerable evidence that the therapeutic value of raw milk lies in its enzyme content. Food enzymes from raw and fermented foods are vital. My personal experience is that without them, there can be no lasting healing and no true health. End of quote. The following research is supplied by the Weston A. Price Foundation, which is a charitable organization that specializes in the promotion of whole food-based nutrition. Under the heading of lactose intolerance, in a survey of raw milk drinkers in the state of Michigan, over 80% of those advised by a health care professional that they were lactose intolerant were able to consume raw milk without problem. Under the heading of dangers exaggerated, although raw milk, like any food, can become contaminated and cause illness, the dangers of raw milk are greatly exaggerated. In an analysis of reports on 70 outbreaks attributed to raw milk, we found many examples of reporting bias, errors, and poor analysis resulting in most outbreaks having either no valid positive milk sample or no valid statistical association. Since 100% of the reports that the FDA cites failed to generate evidence that pasteurization would have prevented the outbreak, the risk of illness genuinely attributable to the lack of pasteurization may approach zero. Raw milk is clearly no more dangerous than other foods commonly consumed, yet there are no FDA warnings about the inherent dangers of deli meats. There are no executive orders prohibiting the interstate transport of chicken, no state legislation banning the sales of spinach, no consumer education campaigns to eliminate the attendance of flea markets, and no farmers being fined and jailed for the sale of root vegetables. End of quote. Under the heading of modern advantages, compared to 30 to 50 years ago, dairy farmers today can take advantage of many advancements that contribute to a dramatically safer product, including pasture grazing, herd testing, effective cleaning systems, refrigeration, and easier, significantly less expensive, more accessible, and more sophisticated milk and herd disease testing techniques. End of quote. Under the heading USDA-FDA statistics, based on data in a 2003 USDA-FDA report, compared to raw milk, there are 515 times more illnesses from El Mono due to deli meats and 20 times more illness from El Mono due to pasteurized milk. On a per-serving basis, deli meats were 10 times more likely than raw milk to cause illness. Finally, under the heading of outbreaks due to pasteurized milk, 
Due to high volume, high volume, high volume, excuse me, distribution and its comparative lack of antimicrobial components, pasteurized milk, when contaminated, has caused numerous widespread and serious outbreaks of illness, including a 1984-85 outbreak afflicting almost 200,000 people. In 2007, three people died in Massachusetts from illness caused by contaminated, pasteurized milk, end of quote. The July 21, 2021 headline in the Science Daily reads, Study finds calcium precisely directs blood flow in the brain. Excerpts from that article follow. Unlike the rest of the body, there is not enough real estate in the brain for stored energy. Instead, the brain relies on the hundreds of miles of blood vessels within it to supply fresh energy via the blood. Yet how the brain expresses the need for more energy during increased activity and then directs its blood supply to specific hotspots was until now poorly understood. Now University of Maryland School of Medicine and University of Vermont researchers have shown how the brain communicates the blood vessels when in need of energy and how these blood vessels respond by relaxing or constricting to direct uh, blood flow to specific brain regions. In their new paper published in July 21 in Science Advances, the researchers say that understanding how the brain directs energy to itself in intricate detail can help determine what goes wrong in conditions like Alzheimer's disease and dementia, where faulty blood flow is a, a predictor for cognitive impairment. If the brain does not get blood to where it needs it when it needs it, the neurons become stressed, and over time they deteriorate, ultimately leading to cognitive decline and memory problems. There seems to be two mechanisms working in tandem to ensure that energy in the form of blood makes it to specific regions of the brain, one broad and the other precise, says Thomas Logdon, Ph.D., assistant professor of physiology at University of Maryland School of Medicine. The first electrical mechanism is like a crude sledgehammer approach to get more blood to the general vicinity of the increased brain activity by controlling the medium-sized arterioles and then capillary calcium signals ensure exquisite fine-tuning to make sure the blood gets to exactly uh, the right place at the right time through the tiny capillaries. Dr. Logan and his collaborators used a protein which emits green light when calcium increases in the cell. Due to the, due to the efforts of Michael Kolakoff's team at Cornell University, they were able to turn this tool on in the cells lining uh, blood vessels of mice. The researchers then looked through little windows in the brains of these mice to investigate calcium's role in controlling blood flow in the brain's capillaries. When the cells lining the blood vessels received an influx of calcium, they glowed green. They detected 5,000 calcium signals per second in the capillaries and the tiny section of the brain visible through the window, which they say amounts to about one million of these responses each second in the entire brain's blood vessel system. Until we deployed this new technology, there was this wholly unseen world of calcium signaling in the brain hidden from view, and now we can see a ton of activity within the brain's blood vessels. They are constantly firing, says Dr. Logden. 
Dr. Logdon and the research team then dissected the intricate cellular mechanism behind calcium's role and directing blood branch by branch through the tiny vessels of the brain. They found that when neurons fire electrical signals, they cause an increase in calcium in the cells lining the blood vessels, the blood vessels, excuse me. Then enzymes detect this calcium and direct the cells to make nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is a hormone and a gas that causes muscle, like cells around blood vessels, to relax, which then widens the vessels, allowing more blood to flow in it. Capillaries were traditionally thought as simple conduits for red blood cells and the barrier between the blood and the brain, says co-senior author Mark T. Nelson, Ph.D., University of Vermont Distinguished Professor and Chair of Pharmacology. Here we revealed an unknown universe of calcium signaling in capillaries, and much like traffic lights, these calcium signals direct vital nutrients to nearby active neurons. The first step towards figuring out what goes wrong in disease is to determine how the system works as it normally should, says E. Albert Reese, M.D., Ph.D., M.B.A., Executive Vice President for Medical Affairs, U.M. Baltimore, and the John Z. and Akiko K. Bowers Distinguished Professor and Dean, University of Maryland School of Medicine. That's a lot. Now that the researchers have a handle on how this process works, they can begin to investigate how the blood flow is disrupted in Alzheimer's disease and dementia in order to figure out ways to fix it, end of quote. The following excerpt is from the God Said, Man Said feature, Milk, Man Leads the World Astray Again. The following quote is from an article published by WebND. Our children are in the midst of a calcium crisis, according to food and nutrition experts. But there are things you can do to assure that your kids don't suffer the long-term effects of not getting enough calcium in their diet. Only 14% of girls and 36% of boys aged 12 to 19 in the U.S. are getting the recommended amounts of calcium, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Close to 90% of adult bone is established by the end of the teen years. So if kids are off to a bad start in getting enough calcium, says the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development, down the road they are at serious risk of developing the brittle bone disease, osteoporosis, as well as other bone diseases. Osteoporosis is a pediatric disease with geriatric consequences, says Dwayne Alexander, M.D., director of NICHD, in a news release. And then again, the article reads, Kids are not getting enough calcium, in part because they are drinking too many soft drinks and non-citrus drinks instead of milk, which is full of calcium and vitamin D, but milk consumption is on the decline. Alexander explains that the number of fractures among children and young adults already is increasing, probably due to lower intakes of calcium. And pediatricians are also seeing a rise in kids with rickets, a bone disease that results from low levels of vitamin D, according to the NICHD. Rickets became almost non-existent when vitamin D was added to milk in the 1950s, but doctors are now seeing this devastating bone disease among kids. As these children get older, this calcium crisis will become more serious as the population starts to show its highest rate of osteoporosis and other bone health problems in our nation's history, Alexander said, end of quote. 
Today's science defamed God's Word so thoroughly that according to a feature in the Atlantic titled The Vindication of Cheese, Butter, and Full-Fat Wine, they say this, Difficult as it may be for millennials to imagine, the average American in the 1970s drank about 30 gallons of milk a year. That's now down to 18 gallons, according to the Department of Agriculture. And just as it appears that the long arc of American beverage consumption could bend fully away from the udder, new evidence is making it more apparent that the perceived health risk of dairy fats, which are mostly saturated, are less clear than many previously believed. Wow, milk consumption down a full 40%. Finally, from the feature in The Atlantic, I think the big news here is that even though there is this conventional wisdom that whole-fat dairy is bad for heart disease, we didn't find that, says Marcia de Oliveria Otto, the lead researcher of the study, and an assistant professor of epidemiology, human genetics, and environmental science at the University of Texas School of Public Health. And it's not only us. A number of recent studies have found the same thing. Hers adds to the findings of prior studies that also found that limiting saturated fat is not a beneficial guideline. While much similar research has used self-reported data on how much people eat, a notoriously unreliable metric, especially for years-long studies, the current study is noteworthy for actually measuring the dairy fat levels in the participants' blood, end quote. Hundreds of millions have suffered and died prematurely, as a result of following the science and its unprecedented and unsubstantiated war on milk. Conversely, the consumption of God's whole milk and its products promotes the health of the bones, heart, and brain, and also protects against osteoporosis, Alzheimer's, dementia, asthma, allergies, kidney disease, and more. God is not mocked. When one cast off his word, that one will suffer the dire consequences of doing the wrong thing. Man's truth of yesterday is debunked by his truth of today, and his truth of today will be debunked by his truth of tomorrow. Another excellent option is to follow the inerrant truth of God's word, the true science. Its pages were penned thousands of years ago and remain the truth unappended. God's Word is true and righteous altogether, a place to build a life that will last forever. God said, Genesis eighteen six through 8, And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal and knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. God said, Leviticus twenty twenty four. But I have said unto you, Ye shall inherit their land, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from other people. God said, Proverbs 35 and 6, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Man said, Evidently that old archaic Bible soundly endorses full-fat milk. 
I guess the Bible thumpers were unaware of its negative health factors. Plus, everyone knows that after adolescence, nobody actually needs milk. If you do drink milk, be sure it's the low-fat kind or better yet skim. You can throw that good book in the trash. Now you have the record.